Have you ever wondered what heaven is like? Do you ever wish you could meet a real-life saint? Ever imagined what it takes to be a saint? You are not alone. Really, heaven is not a prison, and the saints are not secluded. Join us on the discovery of a lifetime as we probe the mystery of the communion of saints. Find that the promise of heaven begins now, and companionship with the saints begins today. No longer strangers, bonding with the saints in heaven and on earth. Welcome everyone to No Longer Strangers, bonding with the saints in heaven and on earth. I'm your host, Father Taylor Reynolds. Before we begin, I just want to open with prayer. I want us to again enter into the heart of God through prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love, and kindle in us the fire of divine compassion. Lord, we pray that as we hear your call, that we are meant and destined to be co-heirs of the saints in heaven, that may transform our walk on earth and our life here below. May we find the companionship you already offer us of the saints in heaven. May we strive on earth to make your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in a special way that the Blessed Mother will intercede for us. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, this is the first episode of this podcast. And first, I want to give a little overview of sort of what is the mission? What is what is to come? What are you to expect in this podcast? You know, every podcast has sort of its category, has what it's seeking to do. And first of all, I guess mine has to do with experience that I had had with the saints that drew me, almost called me to write a book and to share the experience that I had had with the saints. The book, obviously, was called No Longer Strangers, about that reality of not being a stranger. And obviously, I'll get a good bit into the content of the book later. But essentially, in writing the book, No Longer Strangers, it was centered around experiences with the saints that were not just examples, that were not just fixed, you could say, that were that were tangible. They were, you know, penetrating into our lives. They were active. They, they were participating in this world. The saints are not dead when they go to heaven. People in heaven aren't aren't dead. They're not distant. They're not separated. They're in some ways more active than we are. And so in writing the book, obviously the book itself, you know, I'll get into this story more, it had its own journey, you know, of how that experience came to life, what was brought. And I saw that even writing a book on this is really only going to capture sort of a portrait of an entire living ecosystem, you can almost say a reality. And so I wanted to sort of make this podcast as a living continuation of it, you know, continuing that journey with the saints, the journey all of us have to heaven. So again, that's sort of the first thing I wanted to get over is what is what is the purpose of this? What what are you to expect? What do you look to? You know, what can you 
hopefully gain from this. And what I want you to gain is that reminder. We are no longer strangers. We, we can bond. We are called to companionship with saints in heaven and with saints on the earth and how the two mutually enrich each other. So, with every podcast, with every episode, there's a couple of ways we can tackle into it. First of all, what is this episode about? Yes, this episode is not just an introductory. We, I definitely have something I'm, I'm diving into. And, you know, around this season right now, we're, we're getting into summertime. We're celebrating this year sort of a unique kind of um, union. You know, a lot of the church feasts that we celebrate throughout the year, sometimes they overlap, sometimes they you know, correspond with each other. And it's it's never accidental. It's all providential. And this year, the Feast of St. Philip Neri, which is on May 26th, falls on what is traditionally the date of the Ascension, the Ascension of Jesus into heaven. So, within every episode, we have segments. And this segment that I'm getting into, the first one, is, again, the saints in heaven. And so first I want to dive into St. Philip Neri. How does he, again, fulfill this role of being active in our life? And again, one of the things that we're going to look at with all the saints we discuss, all the saints in heaven, is that heaven was not a termination of their life. Every saint, when they die, we call that their dies natalis, which is literally the Latin word meaning their day of birth. So there's a new life that was born when they enter into heaven. And we'll get more into this, but as they enter into heaven, they enter more into Christ. And entering more into Christ, they enter more into his body. And what is the body of Christ? What's the church? And so they enter more into the church that we ourselves find ourselves a part of. And so when we enter into the church, we're entering into heaven as well. So first, I'm going to talk about Philip Neri, but particularly about this sort of reality, this, this kind of union that we have with him and, and, and with heaven. And I want to start off with Philip Neri, first of all, because he's a very dear saint to, to me. I love Philip Neri. I spent six years of my life, my seminary, and my priestly kind of training in Rome. And obviously, Rome is filled with saints, with churches and everything, but St. Philip Neri holds a very dear place. On the feast day of St. Philip Neri, you really see the faith of the Italians come alive. You see the faith of people come alive. Philip Neri is buried in the church called Chiesa Nuova, which literally means the new church, right on one of the main busy streets of Rome. And in front of the church, there's this huge piazza, this big open sort of area with a fountain in it. There's bus stops there. There's people bustling by. There's skateboarders. There's homeless people. It's it's this very active place. And so it's very beautiful that, again, the new church would find itself sitting right there. And within it, the body of a saint. And not just any saint. A saint who has been called both the new apostle to Rome and the patron saint of joy. And on Philip Neri's feast day, one of my favorite things to do was to see the number of people journeying and pilgrimaging to his church, to his tomb. There was masses going on in his church, you know, 
almost every half an hour, when one mass would end, another one would begin, happening in his rooms, in the main church, all over, people packing into the side shop where his body was, bringing flowers, taking pictures. I remember one occasion, it was just so beautiful, this Italian mother bringing her little boy, bringing him as close as she could to the altar where St. Philip Neri's body was, and just pointing and saying, you know, St. Philip Neri, that's St. Philip Neri, you know. And, and, and prega per noi, you know, pray for us, pray for us. And the little boy kind of just getting that enthusiasm. Um, it's just very inspiring. You really see the faith come alive and really how dear he was, but also how alive he still was to these people. Um, as a funny little side, there was a group of us in our seminary who, well, quite frankly, we fell in love with what we called the circus arts. You know, we, we love to like learn juggling, unicycling, all those kind of crazy things. And um, we wanted to use it as a means of evangelization. And we had tried at different times to do like what kind of the street vendors do, you know, go into sort of the main piazzas and sort of, you know, do you know, these, these crazy sort of acts to, you know, sort of draw people into the faith, to get them engaged, you know, catch them off guard, you could almost say. And there was, it was so difficult. Every time we try and do it, there was, you know, you have to get this permit, this license, pay this fee, all these things. And so eventually, it was just inspiration. It was on Philip Neri's feast day, and we saw this huge piazza in front of his church, and it's a church, it's the church's property. And we say, why don't we just come here? So we pulled out our unicycles, our juggling pins, and everything, and we just really went to town right there in front of the church. And there were people sitting on the on the steps, clapping, laughing, you know, some people coming forward and trying to be bold and try their own, you know, circus act. You know, we were able to engage them. There were crowds of young kids. There were you know, the groups of, of priests and cardinals kind of giving us the, the second glance. And we would obviously talk and we would encourage them to go into the church and pray and everything. And it was just this spirit of Philip Neary. Philip Neary grew up in the middle of the Renaissance. And the Renaissance of France was literally from that term rebirth, that all of Europe had sort of fallen into a bit of a decay. You know, the dark ages had come, plagues had come in. There'd been sort of a, a loss of man's intellect and creative capacity. There had been wars, um, you know, around 1539 or so was when the Protestant Reformation came about. So there was a lot of just just turmoil happening in the, in the world and in the church. Philip Neri was born in Florence, which was really the seat of the, the Renaissance. And so he's not just sort of surrounded by this culture and this activity, but in some way he is responding to that desire for a rebirth. Um, he was also touched by many different preachers. You know, there were obviously a lot of religious preachers, some who had more kind of political angles to their preaching, some that were very zealous. Um, and he was inspired by that for zeal for the gospel. When Philip grew up, grew, or really when he was about 15 or so, he left Florence and he had traveled to different places and he eventually made his way to Rome. And when he got to Rome, it is said he never left Rome again. And he saw the state Rome was in. This place of saints had now become a place of sinners. There was so much debauchery. There was so much lewdness in the city. And it was not anything of the glory it had been. And Philip Neri, again, wanted to sort of recapture 
the glory and the goodness and the holiness that was in Rome. There's an interesting story about him. When he was, you know, just getting in Rome, he was still a young boy. He was walking through some of the streets in one of the alleyways and he, he came across this gang of boys and they were, you know, pretty, pretty crude and everything. And they're having just very kind of vile conversations. They see him and they figure they want to gang up on him. And so they corner him, they circle him and they, they, are trying to egg him on to join them, to, to give in to their conversations. And he's resisting. He's resisting as much as he can. And then something strikes him. He says, you know, the only way I cannot be overcome by these temptations is for me to overcome the tempter. And so he begins to strike back, speaking the word of God, calling them to a higher life, to holiness, to do good. And they're captured and they're captivated by him. And that then becomes his great inspiration, is that in this city, he says, I must convert it. I will convert the city, and that will be the greatest way to remove the temptation that is here. And that then becomes his great call. You know, Philip Neary was known for going throughout the city and asking people, inviting people, my brothers, when will we start to do good? When will we start to do good? And that's his call. He goes and he invites people to church, to pilgrimages to the holy places of Rome. He begins to pray with the people, to work in hospitals and everything. But one day, one of the most magnificent things happens. This becomes one of the core of what I'm going to get at. He is praying in the catacombs. And the catacombs are these underground sort of tunnels throughout Rome. And they become catacombs, or they become cemeteries for the dead. Cemetery, by the way, is a Latin word which means the place of sleep, where people would go and sleep, eventually to be awakened. You know, because as Christians, we believe that death was not the end, that people would reawake at the resurrection. So Philip goes into the catacombs to pray, and he is praying on the vigil of Pentecost for an overwhelming pouring out of the zeal of the Holy Spirit upon him. He wants to receive the zeal that the apostles had. He wants to receive the love of God into his heart. Suddenly, he opens his eyes, and right above his head, he sees this giant orb of fire, this lightning ball in some ways, and it enters in his mouth and goes into his heart physically. And Philip begins to be filled with the love of God, and his heart becomes so filled with the love of God that it physically begins to expand. It begins to expand to the part that it's in pain. he's in pain. He falls on the ground and says, Enough, Lord, or I would die of pain. It says that his heart expanded so much that it actually cracked some of his ribs, and his ribs had to sort of regrow around his enlarged heart. And when they did the autopsy on him after he died, it was seen that his heart had grown about twice the size of a normal human, and that his ribs had to protrude outward about the, about the width of a man's fist so that his heart, when it palpitated, wouldn't crash against the ribs. His arteries had expanded so they could receive the great onrush of blood. Now, as fantastic as this was, it gets really to the heart of, of the, my message, you know, with this no longer strangers. Heaven became an incredibly real reality to him. It, it was said, and, and I love the saying that they spoke of it. They said it was a kind of invasion of the divine into his life. An invasion of the divine. You know, when you think of an invasion, you think of, you know, a very comfortable, almost closed off area. 
And then there is another force that breaks through and enters in and and in some way can almost take over. And it is that reminder that heaven is a reality like that. And Philip Neary manifests to us that reality that heaven is a greater reality than what we experience right now. Heaven is the greatness that we in this world are trying to perceive, are trying to prepare ourselves for, and can already experience it as much as we allow ourselves to see it. And that it is, again, an active force that, as much as we're willing, can enter into our lives here and now, can have a bearing on it on our hearts. What we're getting to also in this this episode I want to talk about is the ascension, which is going to tie into what we were just talking about with St. Philip. In the ascension, what do we recall? The ascension is when Jesus, in his human body, entered into heaven. So now, through Jesus, the human person belongs and is already present in heaven, that there is already a destiny, there is already an abiding that the human person has in heaven through Jesus. And so therefore, what we're seeing in Philip Neri is that reality being lived out, that heaven is not a foreign element from the human person. And therefore, through faith, through prayer, through Christ, above all, heaven can already be existing within us. We can already exist in heaven and heaven can already begin to exist in us. We can already begin to live heaven on earth because the human person already lives in heaven now through the ascension. Again, we are abiding in heaven. We are made to live in heaven and we already do live in heaven. And so with the saints already on earth saw and found and encountered was that reality that is already but not yet that that destiny that i guess you could almost say preparing of ourself that accustoming of ourselves our human nature to heaven and that as much as now we allow heaven to abide in us to enter into us we can because We've already seen the fullness of the human person enter into heaven through Jesus, in the person of Jesus. So that then becomes our call. The the second segment that I want to talk about within this, this podcast is, again, the saints on earth. We already are saints on earth. Now, again, when we speak about that, when we speak about saints, we always want to initiate Think of the saints in heaven. A saint, first of all, that name saint just means holy, someone who is holy. We are holy by being the body of Christ because the body of Christ is holy. And again, the body of Christ already abides in heaven. And so us, we already experience a certain holiness in as much as we are close to Christ, we're in the body of Christ. And we are already, again, able through faith, through hope, through love, to abide in heaven. And we are called to be saints because now our human person 
is sanctified in a new and radical way. Because Christ took the human person into heaven, not only did he take a human human body on himself, Jesus is God, and so already that sanctified the human nature, but now that the human nature already abides in heaven, it gives us this end, this goal, this destiny that we are made for, that we're already sort of abiding in. And that should transform the way we live on earth. The fact that heaven exists changes earth. The fact that tomorrow exists, it changes today. You know, I will act differently today, barring on what I know is is happening. And the fact just that tomorrow exists. And if tomorrow I know brings good and brings promise, brings fortunate changes today. And so we're invited again today to see the saints on earth. How are we already living and forming heaven on earth? How are we living those bonds? How are we called and invited to bond ourselves with others here on earth? You know, we talk about the saints and Jesus says, you know, you are the salt of the earth. And the salt is mixed with the, the everyday food. It is mixed in the midst of it. And the same thing, the, 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 the reality of heaven itself is a salt. The reality of the Christian, of the believer themselves, is a salt that abides in this world. And we are called, again, in the midst of this world to be the saints, to be that salt, to be the holiness, that, that our knowledge and through faith already existing in heaven transforms earth. So, throughout this this podcast, I'm going to obviously have interviews. I'm going to interview people who are living as those saints on earth. But I want to end with a story I have personally about Philip Neary. You know, I've kind of shared already a lot of personal stories with him. Philip became obviously a saint, but he was a priest. He he lived most of his life actually as a layman, and then later on became a priest. And so I took him very much as a model when I became a priest because of his joy, his zeal, his just desire to evangelize people and to encounter them where they were. And um, when I was ordained a priest, my first parish I was sent to, I, I was doing daily mass. And one of the days they would broadcast the mass online, or not online, on the radio. And um, it was the, I got the chance to do the Feast of St. Philip Neri. And that day... It was being broadcast. And so I went up and I, you know, obviously was very excited to do the Mass for Philip Neary. And I preached and I just preached my heart out on the guy. I mean, I love Philip Neary. So I preached about him. I spoke about him and obviously prayed the Mass as beautifully as I could. And then at the end of Mass, when I went back in the sacristy and the radio crew was sort of finishing things up and putting things up, they, they asked me a question that I kind of was taken back by. They said, Father, it was a beautiful Mass. Um, can you tell us who was the priest I was con-celebrating with you so we can put him put his information on the radio? And I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, the, there was no other priest. It was just me. And they're like, what do you mean? They're like, you know, we were obviously recording you and listening, and, and we heard another priest's voice when you were saying the consecration. I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was clearly up there by myself. And I was about to try to explain that, but I stopped and I just had a real realization. I was like, well, Philip Neary was there. Well, because first of all, in Mass, all the saints are present. But St. Philip Neary, I think in a special way, was there. And again, he showed that reality that the saints in heaven 
They never stop being active in the church. They never stop being active in the world. Heaven itself is, is again, not a foreign element to our nature, to our world. The two are destined for each other. And that means that if heaven, which is not just a place, it is a reality, it is the body of Christ. If that heaven can exist here on earth, then that means that the saints, the dwellers of heaven, still live here, are still active in the church. And so we're called to look for them and to see them. So I hope in this first episode you have enjoyed it, you have you have gotten something out of it. Hopefully you've been encouraged again by this, this great call to look at the saints in a new light. Not just examples, not just as you know intercessors, which they are indeed, but to see them as companions with us here and now. And that heaven itself is a reality that is not foreign to our lives, but that you and I can live with and exist and have present within us now by our faith because already through Jesus, we live there. So I just want to again close with prayer um, in a special way. I want to lift up some intentions about we know what's going on in the world. Obviously, there has been uh, shootings, school shootings and everything that we want to pray for peace in our world and our nation. Pray again for the situation in Ukraine and Russia. Just again, that there can be softening of hearts. There can be peaceful resolutions. I just want to pray for all of us as we, again, delve on this journey to walk with the saints. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you and praise you for the gift of your ascension, which draws our human nature into heaven and draws heaven into our human nature. Lord, we thank you for the example and the life and the companionship of St. Philip Neri. We pray that the fire that filled his heart may be given to us, that he may share with us his gifts, and that we may as well be on fire with that love, and that love may capture us, may penetrate our lives and our bodies here. We pray for you to continue to draw us to our home in heaven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as a priest, it's my pleasure to offer you my blessing. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless, guys. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you so much. Do you have an experience to share? Have you discovered a saint stalker? Has the spiritual life broken the barrier and transformed your everyday life? Or does heaven transform how you live on earth? We want to hear about it. Visit us at www.nolongerstranger.com or email me at frtreynolds at dioceselic.org. That's D-I-O-C-E-S-E a-L-E-X dot O-R-G and share your story and even join us on the show. God bless.